Welcome to the Arts Village People. This is the podcast where the village highlights its upcoming events and showcases some artists and creators in your community. We are your hosts, Georgia Francis and Tara Prieto. And we are joined today by Trojan John. Yay. <laughs> Hello, Trojan. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Um, our first musical guest, yeah. I believe. Ooh, breaking new ground. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we'll just cover um some community highlights uh there's not many yeah lately but we'll do it we're we're striving on have we got our little sting joshua i can't play it live oh Uh we haven't got a soundboard (laughs) okay play sting community community highlights Um, okay Um, okay, what are our highlights? <laughs> <laughs> On our galleries today, we've got Hekete Kotahi, which is a racial unity-themed exhibition. It is inspired by the teachings of Abdul Baha and the Baha'i faith. Yeah. Yeah. We also have coming up, and we'll talk about it much more in this mm-hmm. episode, we have Almost Autumn Musical Performances, and that's 26th of March. And you'll find out more about that in about two seconds. Um, but before we go into that, it might be good just to talk about like exhibitions and things oh yeah while we're on the topic sure so exhibitions here we have new ones every month maybe more than that and they're all supported by generous funds given to us by various funders Mm -hmm. and my job (laughs) in particular is supported heavily by nzct so this is our little funder highlight and i'm going to post more about them in the coming days well it will probably be much before this podcast comes out Mm. um but we'd just like to give a shout out to all our funders but for me especially nzct um they're people who really support us in everything that we do and really allow us to do anything at all yeah and to be able to um make a difference in the community and actually just support local artists is such a huge thing and we can't Mm. do it without them yeah thank you so much nzct yeah also the funder for this podcast (laughs) yeah rotary civic arts trust awesome kopapa i'm brought forth by the friends of the museum they are doing a call out for artists to design a museum roof tiles so you'll be given one tile you can decorate it and all that we've got a couple here at the village so if you are interested, um, let us know. We can pick one up. And if you need some more instructions on how it'll look like, um, get in touch with Joanne Legrue from Friends of the Museum. Her contact details are Joanne, that's J-O-A-N-N-E, at lockwood.co.nz. We'll put a link in the description somewhere. Oh, look at that. Link in the description. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. And now we can move on to our wonderful guest. Trojan John. Yay. <laughs> yeah, just to introduce um, Trojan a bit quickly. Yeah, he's one of the usual um, musical suspects here at the village. Always appreciate his totoko and his talent and the music he puts out out there. Singer, songwriter, educator and producer and um, a strong supporter of the music scene in Rotorua. Hello, Trojan. Welcome Hello. to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. Can you tell us a bit more about about you for those who are not so familiar and for all our listeners to the podcast. Oh, yes, uh, kia ora to listeners. Um, so my name is Trojan John. Yeah, I've been playing guitar for a wee while now, uh, for about 18 years or so. Born and raised here in Rotorua before I moved away to Australia. Uh, moved away in 07 and then I moved back in 2016. Oh, gotta love that right on time. 
uh, with the background noise of my neighbours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, when it's my time to speak, that's when they decide to start at the motorbike. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, so I was uh, away till 2016. While I was over in Aussie, I started to pursue music somewhat, uh, but really started to pursue it back in 2010. And um, that's when I started to try to just understand how to be a musician, how to try to put out your stuff and create your stuff and the process and structure. And that led me on this path of um, the last 12 years or so where I've, I've just continually tried to keep pushing out the work, try to keep pushing my mm. creative boundaries and um, understand more about soundscapes and frequencies and creative process within music. And it's been a real cool journey. Um, 2016, mm. though, came back after um, about 10 years, yeah, almost 10 years in um, Australia, uh, which was really great. Learned a whole lot of lessons, made a whole lot of friends, definitely on the musician front too. I got to experience a lot of cool stuff, uh, but started to miss the family. So came back in 2016 and laid low for a little bit and then just before the pandemic hit I thought it would be a great idea to come back into music and that was a great idea nice <laughs> it was really good timing <laughs> at the same time I got uh, I got scouted by um, Ange uh, mm. at Rotorua Music School and they needed a guitar teacher she actually approached me and I, I originally actually said no <laughs> oh. I didn't actually want to do it but she sent me an email and I had to think about it and I was like oh mm. yeah cool I I would probably commit some time to it. Then the pandemic hit. Mm. And so as the pandemic hit, I was kind of like, yeah, I definitely got a lot of time now. So, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's how I ended up at Rotorua Music School. And I've been there for the last two years, going into my third year. And, um, yeah, that's been a cool thing. So I've been doing the music education and then just slowly building up some other skills and stuff around music especially with more the admin organization projects and structure side of it so kind of like the more the business side developing those skills and understanding that because uh, that's what i'm doing currently is studying full-time yeah. in a business Ooh. course so yeah and now we're here yeah talking about life experience and arts <laughs> and creation and why would i pick this path in life i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i don't want to start rumors but i'm pretty sure and actually um caused the pandemic so that you could take that job <laughs> <laughs> yeah now it's all coming right now it all makes sense <laughs> yeah. shout out to and <laughs> I, I actually do have to give a shout out to Ange. Ange is a good boss. It's uh, mm. been really great. And the, the music school seems to be going from strength to strength over mm. the last few years. And we seem to be uh, coming into uh, our own right now. Yeah. So it's uh, some exciting times for the school on that front. And it's uh, really cool to kind of be a part of it and to uh, help facilitate a few things uh, that are going on around there. Mm. So could you tell us, I, obviously you've we've just got a bit of a rundown on your history, but there's a specific project you have, Laughing in Bedlam. Could you tell us about that? Yeah. Laughing in Bedlam, it was, an, it was an idea that I had for a little bit before the pandemic because coming back home from Australia, you kind of create an identity for yourself as a, as a creator and you go along with it and then as people hire you for your work, you, you kind of stick within that, that boundary, that, conf that mm -hmm. confine of it and you, you do your thing. When I came back home though, there was a lot of personal strife and stuff that was going on in my life at that at that time when I moved back. And one of the things that I started to think about is what I, me as Trojan John, which because I just went by my name, is the stuff that is associated with it is that the, the way that I wanted it to be representative mm. of my 
artwork because when you do artwork, oh great, now the planes are coming in, the airport loves me at this time too. Uh, <laughs> but um, as a creative, you know, you do more, especially in music, you do more than what you, you really do because people would know me as like the roots reggae mm. acoustic dude. And I do still do a lot of that, but I do love like different styles of music and I do write other bits and pieces. It's just that it never seems to come together with the other stuff that I'm doing. So once that I had a breakaway from just doing full-time creative stuff, mm. when I decided to come back, um, I was really seriously thinking about rebranding and just going for a different direction and being able to be more expressive creatively and, di- and add more diversity into that creativity. So that's how it really came about. And then once the pandemic hit, <laughs> it was kind of like, well, this is actually a perfect time because as I was, we all we're going through the the whole thing of the lockdown and yeah you know we had a lot of time to think about stuff and reflect on life just made more sense to me that yeah this is probably the right thing in that first initial lockdown i started to write some songs which were more the style of music that i like that i like which is more ambient more ambient type Mm. music and i i wrote a song called take me away and it was inspired by a friend of mine and uh her struggle with like domestic violence and Mm. like trauma and stuff like this so it was like quite a quite a dark song in there i mentioned the line um bedlam and it just was the the perfect timing of that that line so i was like oh yeah this is a bit like bedlam at the moment the way that the world is and Mm. everyone's going crazy there's people going nuts and all this and lockdown so so yeah that's how um the name laughing in bedlam came around and then i just went yeah i'm gonna do it because then i axed i axed my original social media (laughs) i got rid of it all and for all those people out there who are going like, oh, because I, I get some some friend requests now, or I get I've been hit up by a couple of people about, uh, man, why'd you delete me? I didn't delete you. Oh. I deleted everyone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so I got rid of the old Facebook and I took a break from social media for for a couple of months. That was great. It really reset everything for me. It put everything into perspective and then when I came back Marvin and Bevan was born and that's where I was like okay we're going to go full into it so what it's really about with bands we're always on the verge of breaking up and it's hard to always get the commitment from everyone involved because you, you've you've got at least like three to four people and that's at least um, that's involved mm. in it and you got to get that to work with lives and family and just mm. all personal stuff that goes on so it's, it's, a, it's a really hard machine to work the the idea behind Life in Bedlam was well let's just make projects at a time and then we sail under this flagship and Mm. we have a combination of musicians so the lineup is always changing so I never I never actually call Life in Bedlam a band I say it's a project Mm. and it's because the the lineup changes every time or there might be some guys who come back or there might be some people who leave and that's cool and it's really when I have a project when I have an idea then I say okay cool this is the date that we're going to be doing this who's available do you want to play are you available Um, if I meet someone that I think will be really cool to add in then I'll ask them and say oh do you want to to jump into this project and we've Mm. got this and it also opens up an opportunity for us to collaborate on things so although predominantly it's my music i just say this is the this is the structure of the song but i want you to be expressive of yourself in it so just because you hear that on the recording i don't expect you to play it like on the recording i want you to express how you would interpret that as the bass player or as you as the drummer or as you as the Mm. piano player so that also brings a different dynamic to it as well because then it's different every time someone else comes in because they have a different feel to the way that they play. And it's really cool because you, you have these these moments. And then on top of that, if there are 
if they're a musician in their own right and a performer, mm. then I welcome them to do one or two of their own songs within the set. And then we as a band do their music too. And yeah, it's kind of a real cool co- collaborative project that comes together for a period of time. And then once that we, we get through the show and we've achieved what we do, then we just disperse and I go on for a break a little bit and try to decompress and go see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Debrief, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, events aren't easy to just put on just period. And so after after a period of time, you, you do build up quite a bit of stress. And that, uh, that moment when you arrive at the date of your performance, like for some people, it's, it's like a real uh, uplifting moment. And for some people, it's a relief. For me, it's more of a relief that it's over mm-hmm. than um, real euphoria. The euphoric feeling comes after when I break it down and then I'm like, okay, that was good. That was cool. In the moment though, I'm usually immediately mm-hmm. after, I'm usually like, ah, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry if I seem a bit, a bit deflated, like when I get straight off stage, um, mm. it's not really that I'm angry or upset. It's just that uh, there's there's just a lot of mahi that goes on behind yeah. the scenes that people yeah. don't see that uh, it's a relief once it's over for me. And then once that I go away for at least 10 minutes, then I'll go mm. like, okay, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the same with us, like yeah. any event that we put on. Yeah. I remember like, you know, when we did the closing showcase for the residency. Oh, yeah. Such a huge amount of work. And then the minute I finished that panel, like <laughs> my whole posture changed. <laughs> yeah. It was just like... Even though, like, I loved it, it was amazing, but, like, mm. good to end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I understand that, too. I've, um, I've, although not as often as probably Trojan does it, like, I've also been, like, on stage and stuff. I, I don't know if it's, like, my introversion doing that or, like, mm. um, after the stage, I've just, like, oh, I'm gonna melt into the ground for a sec and... <laughs> not talk to people for a bit thank you yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah and that's that's, that's a that's definitely a misconception that a lot of people who attend gigs mm. have is that they um they think even if i just do like a bit of entertainment down at a local pub or something you know straight afterwards you know they, they think that i'm in a mood to party where i'm like i've just been on stage <laughs> for three hours singing my lungs out i'm pretty I'm pretty tired <laughs> and hungry and I, I'm, I'm human at the end of the day yeah yeah but that's what i it's not that i'm not appreciative it's just that there is a, a thing behind it that people just never recognize the, the amount of rehearsals mm. amount yeah. of organization the meetings that you have promotional it, it all accumulates in that one moment so that's what I said. Some people really love it, and I think those people are disturbingly sick. Um, <laughs> but for for myself, I just know my process is usually straight after. I just want to have a moment to just take a deep breath in and out. Mm. Then I'm ready to face people again and just say, like, yeah, cool. Let's uh, hug it out and high fives, even though we're in COVID. <laughs> <laughs> do the elbow bumps. Yeah. <laughs> I've been seeing heaps of people do that. <laughs> Elbow, elbow. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll make sure that we have a drink and um, a green room set aside for you at the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I want to let people know that I might be a member of the AA. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm not. Please don't take that seriously. <laughs> the, disclaimer: We're keeping that, Joshua. No. <laughs> I have my uh, systems in place to deal mm. with my stress and relaxation. <laughs> 
Oh, cool. So that was a, a little segue. Speaking of systems and processes, like I'm curious about like how a song comes to you. Like what is usually your songwriting or music making process? It's always a, a question that has many facets to it. Mm. Like, um, the writing process and because it's it's something that once that I understood songwriting which was really young and really early on into my playing I was it was by like my second year of actually starting to learn how to play guitar is when I started to understand mm. the the concept of writing and how it all works together uh, I really got to give a shout out to all those people at the start of my my journey of learning how to play Johnny Breakwell He's still a local musician. He's actually an mm -hmm. educator too. He taught a lot of Rotorua musicians, including myself. He would have had to have a lot of patience because it would have sounded terrible back then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like, especially if I like go like, oh yeah, I can understand it. This is like we're going to play a G and then a D and then a and then a D and then a E minor and a C, and it would have sounded absolutely terrible to him. But um, <laughs> I understood it like quite early on, uh, the way he broke it down to me with like, this is your one chord, this is your four chord, this is your five chord. Music, and I can only speak from a musician standpoint, mm. is only 12 notes. And that's the thing that people never really get when they first come in. And it's uh, one of the first things I kind of teach from is that I just tell them, mm. all you're really looking at is just 12 notes just rearranged in all different weird ways and all different orders and stuff. And you may hear a note that's higher, but that's just an octave. It's not actually different. And once that I started to understand that, then I was like, okay, so this is like the theory of how it all interacts and you learn your scales and learning scales like you can go like oh yeah sure i know a major scale or i know the ionian mode or the locrian or the mixolydian or something like that but one thing that you really should understand from a musician standpoint and especially as a creative musician is that mm -hmm. it's more about colors it's more about oh that mm -hmm. that scale is darker than that scale so if i want to present something emotionally then i should use this and use that so then you start learning about that kind of stuff and that adds to your toolkit. The initial set of inspiration, though, to start a song, it can come from anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. I've written songs that have taken me half an hour to an hour. And then I've also written songs that have taken me years to write just because I mm -hmm. could get it to a point and I don't have the, the inspiration seems to run out and I can't seem to get across a bridge. But then months down the track, I bump into something or I end up in some situation and it reminds me of that particular piece of music. And then I've got the next part to it. And then that finally completes the, the whole picture. So original inspiration is kind of like anywhere. A good example of that, I was hanging out with a bro getting some pizza we were doing some writing we took a break to go get this pizza we're eating this uh, pizza outside and this girl's walking down the street and she's quite a good looking person and this ute goes by and there's like these bogan dudes in it and this dude hangs his head out the um passenger side and he just goes you're hot like <laughs> and he screams this like everyone on the side of the road including the girl we all start laughing because this guy was like quite brash and like the car speeds off and stuff and we had a piece of music before we went to go get the pizza but then once that we went back and started mm. writing lyrical content for it and that for some reason that dude's that one line stuck in my head so i um <laughs> i created like a whole story off the back of what he said to that girl which was like his mate if i was his mate in the car be basically mm. telling him bro you got no shot with that one like <laughs> way out of your league bro you're punching well above your weight <laughs> <laughs> and it was like if I was to have that conversation with him. So, you know, like, but that was just like a random moment that happened and it created a piece of art that I contributed to the to the bro. And yeah, so like inspiration can come from anywhere. Usually for me, it does come 
music first, melody first, and then lyric. Very mm. rarely does it happen the other way around. I would probably say about only 10% of the time I would get lyric before I'd get music. So mm. I'll usually hear like a drum beat. And that's the thing with me too, because I'm more rhythmic. If I can hear a good beat on something, that will usually trigger off the melody for me. Um, so I'm really listening to like drummers, bass players, what the rhythm guitarist is doing to kind of get a bit of a flow. Cause then that also brings in another thing that, you know, uh, when I play bass for, um, people, some of my friends, they would not understand what a bass player does. And they'll say like, what are you doing the band? And I was, and this is my <laughs> explanation of it, which is, um, well, I work really hard with the drummer to get everyone to dance, but then the lead singer and the lead guitarist take all the credit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, but rhythm without rhythm, you don't have lead. And so, yeah. um, you need it's your ensemble. Song. Yeah. You need your mm -hmm. ensemble to be strong in order to have a, a lead in it and all great bands, all great musical artists will have a tight ensemble section. That's what's mm. the engine room of what, what we do as musos. So if I got a tip for musicians, especially beginner musicians, get your rhythm foundation set first. Make sure you can do rhythm in and out, get that tight metronome feel, your swing playing straight, because that will be more valuable than how fast you can play a guitar lick by mm. any means. Like you just need to look at some of the greatest artists in the world. If you look at like Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, they're really amazing virtuoso guitarists. Mm. But if you look at Eric Clapton, he's probably not as fast of a player, but he's he's Eric Clapton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it just shows you that it's not necessarily about speed and yeah, how fast you can play. It's more about the feel and making sure you can get the feel right. And feel comes from rhythm. It comes from the ensemble. It doesn't come from playing fast and mm. doing all these fancy tricks. So yeah, that's my long-winded uh, answer to my writing <laughs> process. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, because I, I bet it's like quite complicated. I mean, I myself, although like I write, but music wise, I don't think I've got enough theory to write a mm. song. So I'm like, I would say I'm a frustrated muso myself. <laughs> yeah, well, so. it's, that, that brings on um, an interesting point, because a lot of us as music creators, we have ideas, but mm. unfortunately, our hands can't actually do some of the ideas that are in our heads. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's because there's a there's a pathway between your brain and what it understands to your hands in order for mm. it to become expressive musically. And um, a lot of us don't actually possess that. Oh, I'm definitely one of them. There's definitely a lot of music that I have inside my head that I can hear, but I can't I can't actually do it physically mm. myself with my body because I just don't know how to do it. So there's still limitations mm. to what I do. But that's the reason why you study theory and you practice yeah. technique. But they're two different things. Like you could know a whole heap of theory, mm. um, which is really helpful. But if you don't have the technique that can apply the theory, then it's never really going to work. So you, you need to do a balance of it. Um, it's a common question that I get uh, through teaching. You know, I have some parents who really want to do the theory uh, side with their children. And then um, I have some parents who really just want to get the technique or you know some mm. students who just really want to just get fast at playing and stuff but I, yeah. I always tell them because I was told right from the start speed is a byproduct of accuracy there's no use in playing fast if you don't know where that is going so you have to mm. know where to where to aim it and where to hit the goal before you can play fast so you know I understand that yeah it can get frustrating because mm. you want to play certain chords or do certain yeah. things and it's just not coming out right and then also yeah. understanding which harmony goes where which voice leading note goes to what chord all of that's a journey of understanding and learning yeah nice thank you this sounds like a little preview of what Trojan's lessons are 
if I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. So if, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying a lot because I'm just I'm just listening. Mm, mm. <laughs> I'm just the one that doesn't know anything, so I'm just sitting here like, <laughs> oh yeah, wow. <laughs> Yeah, you you got to take it in and then you can pass it on. <laughs> it's all about paying it forward. <laughs> so you mentioned before that you're kind of getting into new techniques and things like soundscapes and stuff. And I know that this is something really interesting um, that you've shown me and Tara before. Mm-hmm. Is it the studio-like sessions? Yeah. Um, do you want to talk to us a bit more about that and explain kind of what it is? Because it is really Cool. Yeah, though that uh, that's definitely an achievement. I will say um, to get get through one of those. <laughs> that was definitely a moment after the event that I was like, yeah, I don't want to talk to anyone for like a week. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's also it's, it's just compounded by COVID and stuff as well that added to the stress. But um, yeah, we got through it. We we got there, and it's like, okay, yeah, cool. This does work. Um, but yeah, studio like session. So. The great thing about Laughing in Bedlam is that it presents me with these opportunities now to to do interesting things and interesting deliveries of what we do as musos. Because as a loop artist, which is what really actually uh, broke me out into being able to become a full-time musician and be able to survive and make a living doing this, um, when I first started getting into looping, that set me apart. And it still was kind of fresh. And there were still people who did it, but they didn't really do it like on the full scale of things. Mm. So that always set me a kind of thing of, oh, okay, we've got to give unique experiences to listeners and to, to audience members that they will get a thrill out of um, what am I doing, not just with listening to what I'm playing, but also visually seeing what I'm doing. So with a studio-like session, I saw snarky puppy do a couple of their videos which is really cool and they just invited audience members into their studio session and Mm. they would just set it up and then the audience is actually there with them in the studio and they're doing their thing and it's amazing like if you don't know snarky puppy you got to go check them out jazz fusion yeah they're they're pretty cool yeah yeah, they've got some really (laughs) wicked musos and so from that i was like oh well that would be really cool to deliver something here especially in rotorua where People get a first-person perspective of the musician, musician's view in a, mm-hmm. in a band situation. Because when we're on stage, there are little quirks and little things that people miss in the performance that they don't really see us doing, especially if I'm like blending into the background with the with the drummer and the bassist if I'm on rhythm. You don't see me fiddling around with my with my gear and actually seeing the adjustments that I'm using to get different tones, different textures going on to help support what's going on out the front in the lead. So that was the idea behind Studio Like Session and I thought it would be the original thinking was that I thought it would be great for just people to experience that to see what are my visual cues that I'm giving to the keyboard player yeah. or to the drummer um, what are the things that we're signaling to each other that people miss what are the things that I do or the drummer does that people don't see from our angle and also kind of what they hear because if you're sitting next to the drummer you're going to predominantly more hear the drums than what you are yeah. going to hear anything <laughs> else and that's what it's like on stage is that we don't hear what's going on out the front we just hear what's going on behind stage and when we do sound check all of our levels are slightly different because we're asking for different things in the fold so yeah it's kind of a different experience for us as musos um, but in saying that the problem solving that we that i had to go through <laughs> is um trying to get it as an even sound across the whole venue um 
So the band is a part of the audience or the audience is a part of the band and we all spread out. And it's weird when you're not standing next to your other musicians because um, there is an energy with that closeness when you're standing next to each other. So that was a bit weird as we're, we're standing across the room from each other and we've got all these, you know, we've got people between us and, <laughs> and it's kind of like, oh, okay. And then um, there were a few things which I... I took away from it that I was like, okay, this is how we need to adjust. But the nucleus of it was just to give people a first person perspective. And I thought it would be really great for students as well. People who are mm. interested in music and Oops. wanting to. Sorry, get music, there's a um, phone call. Kill the short and street. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are closed. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Whoever that is, now you know why. <laughs> but that's uh, would be a great for the punters to see people who are interested in music, students of music, to see what really goes on in a mm. in a real life situation of we're going live. This is how it works. Yeah, and we I gave people a brief breakdown of the setup, how it works concepts behind it just before the show as well so i said to nice. i said to people if you wanted to come down and like uh i think it was like seven o'clock or something and i was like we'll give you guys a 50 minute run through and i do a q a about the setup because it it's it's different and because it's different it meant that i had to really do a lot more extra planning hence why i didn't want to talk to people for like a week mm. after <laughs> yeah <laughs> um just to mitigate those those issues that would arise because when you talk about sound you have to talk about it in a form of energy that travels mm. across a distance and it does weird things as it travels across that and it interacts with certain things yeah. along the way mainly human bodies because human bodies mm. are like sacks of water and so as the sound wave goes through you it dissipates and you get less and less as you move it in so there's like mm. all this like mathematical ratio stuff and <laughs> that you've got yeah. to think about a geometry it's it's really yeah mm. it's deep <laughs> yeah so if um if anyone was to um because you you held you held one studio like sessions at level 13 eh? Mm -hmm. shout out to our friends at level 13 yeah, yeah, um, yeah hey deb <laughs> <laughs> um is there like a video they can check out to like kind of imagine or will there be any more of studio like sessions in the future yeah we we want to do another one um nice. well i want to do another one uh <laughs> 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 disturbingly i want to do another one <laughs> <laughs> That, um, the first one that we did, well, the only one that we've done at Level 13, which I, I do have to give extra credit to, to Deb mm. for taking the gamble. She's She's been a huge supporter of Laughing in Bedlam and original mm. music here in Aotearoa. Yeah. Um, so you got to go check out Level 13 on Itawira Street. Really, really cool venue if you really need if you need a place to do your birthday or have a function. That's your place for sure. Really great. And costume hire as well. But yeah, so Deb opened up the space and yeah, I was like, okay, this is the blueprint. And because no one ever done it before even when i was recruiting the musos i had well i had to really explain yeah. to them how the layout was going to go and all these things and so we all came together and it was good so that's laid the blueprint i've now got actually something to work off to mm. to present the next one the only video that yeah. you can see and this is um because I, I got asked by peeps if it would be recorded and i was like if you knew the planning that I had to do just for the sound, you will understand why I'm not even bothering with video right now. So the only way to really experience that one is just to be on those sessions, eh? So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's to come, but um, there is a little out. video. <laughs> yeah, there is a little video which is um, just roughly done from phones and stuff uh, mm -hmm. that's up on the YouTube channel to give you the, the premise of what we did. But yeah, uh, in order to get an actual video and stuff 
together for it is um that's a whole nother whole nother level yeah of production then that's when we're talking about okay we've got to get a separate audio feed another <laughs> bunch of guys and then cameras and yeah, yeah so it's a it's it's quite a mission and that's why you should support mm-hmm. your your artists when they when they get out there to perform because yeah. uh like i said there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scene mm-hmm. that you don't see and people need to eat yeah Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of supporting our local musicians, so we've got um, almost autumn coming up. Man, Trojan, you're pretty good at putting a last <laughs> sentence that'll segue to like the next one. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. We, on the 26th of March, like Georgia mentioned, we've got almost autumn coming up. Do you want to invite um, our community to come along to that one, Trojan? Oh yeah, for sure. Well, it's limited ticket, isn't it? Because it's yeah. um, yeah, we're still in red light, and um, unfortunately, we're still in red light. So that means that our numbers are restricted. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's limited ticket. Uh, I'm going to be performing solo, doing some things on the loop pedal. And then uh, Sacred Blue is going to be playing. I believe they're going to be a trio uh, yes. for for this one, which is really cool. I'm looking forward to seeing Ian and AJ. AJ's played as a part of Laughing in Bedlam. Uh, wicked drummer and Ian's an awesome guitarist and mm-hmm. tutor from Lakes Performing Arts. I haven't actually met their lead singer yet. I'm, I yeah. actually don't know her name. Sorry. Uh, but, Sabrina. Uh, yeah. Sabrina. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So looking forward to meeting Sabrina for the first time. And then we've got Tama um, yeah. coming through too, who's, who's a good bro of mine. He's also the ukulele teacher at Rotorua Music School. So he's a, he's a colleague as well. And we have started a, a little duo project together called Rua. Uh, very innovative name uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I'll be um, jumping in with him and he leads a band called Tohu which is a, a big thing into bilingual music which is a, mm. a really cool thing I'm a big supporter of that too being Māori myself so yeah there's going to be some some good energy some good vibes me and, uh, yeah. and Tama had a had a rehearsal on a Monday and uh, that means that we're getting serious because uh, we're actually rehearsing <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so I'm um, almost autumn while having um, tickets on site if you do want a nice Saturday out um, at the village it is also viewable online so we'll be streaming it as well so yeah check mm. it out on facebook i'm just really stoked that there's still something like this happening with the partnership with our local musicians like i'm just stoked like users still like yes let's do it yeah it's something for the community to check out and come along to and also gives opportunities to our local musicians to show their craft mm. so on that note we'd like to thank amrotsuroa trust for <laughs> <laughs> allowing us to do these things yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, Trojan, do you have anything to plug? Anything mm. specifically like to mention? Well, um, New Zealand Music Month is coming up in May. Uh, mm. So there's going to be a, a few uh, local events, music events going on during that. You can definitely see me in a few of them. So, nice. you know, come down and support. As what I said, there's, there's a whole heap of stuff underneath the surface. It's like the iceberg, you know, like there's a whole heap of stuff beneath the surface that people don't see. And there's a lot of practice. There's a lot of organization yeah. and stuff that comes through. So when people come out and support that, that's uh, it's appreciated. So get out there, support your local artists to, and any artist that's, uh, that's out there really that's trying to do their thing. Mm. So I'm um, really good to support them because it's not an easy thing to do. And um, support your local artists. I think the next thing for me is the, the 26th of um, March at the Arts Village. Got the 14th of May. That's tentatively booked in with uh, Level 13. And it's going to be the one of only two events that Laughing in Bedlam is going to be doing as a, as a group this year. So that's going to be up soon. 
as well. You just got to check out nice. the Facebook page and it'll be all, all the info will be on there. Sweet. And yeah, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> uh, yeah, most active on Facebook. Uh, do have some things going through Instagram. It's just all laughing in Bedlam. That's all you got to research up. Um, can just look at my personal page as well. I'm pretty sure you can see some stuff up there and have a laugh at what I what I post. <laughs> <laughs> I can attest to that. Check out my story and you can get to see my cat and how I terrorize mm-hmm. it and how it has to put up with me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, where you find us. Uh, you can also find any uh, educational stuff through Rotorua Music School, uh, through the Facebook page, also Instagram with that. Uh, and on Spotify, SoundCloud for Laughing in Bedlam and Rua Music will be coming out too. So there's a whole heap of stuff where you can find me. It's, it's not hard to find me at all. Yeah, I'm one of the easiest people to, to come across. In this world, I'll be a really bad fugitive. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put the links, as uh, as many of the links as we can on the description. So um, if you are looking to look up Trojan, um, hopefully it'll be in our description. <laughs> yeah, it will. Yeah, it will. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for coming on, Trojan. It's been really good to speak to you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's um, been a blast. been a blast to share and yeah, to just connect. Yeah, it's also pretty cool that we've got like a music-focused thing now on our podcast. So yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming along. It's all good. Thank you for having me. Follow our Instagram at The Arts Village, Rotorua Arts Village on Facebook, and The Arts Village village.org.nz on our website um, become a supporter of the arts village um, on our website as well it helps us do what we do here and support our musicians and artists and also allow community to engage in awesome creative things like this we'd also like to thank Rotorua Civic Arts Trust for kindly funding this podcast rate us on Apple Podcasts as well it helps spread the word and if you would like to be featured or know someone you want to see featured on, on this um, let us know and get in touch with Georgia at activities at artsvillage.org.nz. This has been your host, Tara Prieto. And Georgia Francis. And this was produced by Joshua T. Davis. Woohoo! Thank you, Trojan. Thank you again, Trojan. Oh, sorry, I lost my (laughs) (laughs) ink. It's been a long week. (laughs) 